to the Word Christian Podcast. I am your host, Samuel Delgado, and this is a bonus episode. I finished up with Jim Barfield's interview and just had a few more questions, and I figured why not just make it a bonus episode. So enjoy. We talk about Mystery of Babylon, the Antichrist, and the, making, uh, the Gog and Magog War. So no further ado, let's get weird. Anyway, so really the rest of my questions um, really kind of all tie in together. Um, but I'll start with, um, the, the letters to the seven churches in, in revelations. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a popular teaching. Um, and I know that those are seven actual churches in Asia minor, uh, mm-hmm. at the time that that was written. Um, but it's also being taught that those seven churches, uh, represent, seven church ages um now what's what's your understanding of those seven churches i had i had heard the same thing years ago i don't have a an opinion on it i do know that uh, you know there there are some things that have happened for example the um, the synagogue of satan and the, it's it's the word congregation and and, and in in the uh, new testament if you will they translate the synagogue of Satan, uh, but they don't, it's just a, um, an assembly or congregation. It's not necessarily a synagogue. So <laughs> um, that, that troubles me because uh, the Jewish people have been, been uh, really hammered for, uh, because of uh, a lot of things that people teach about the, uh, uh, the bad guys during the uh, time of Yeshua or Jesus, they they promote that as you know the all the Jewish people are evil and my friend it's just absolutely not true. Uh, they don't. The reason that uh, most Jewish people don't believe in Yeshua is because of uh, Christians. Um, I've had Jewish people tell me had they that realize and know that Yeshua is Christian. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeshua was Messiah. Let me take that back. Yeshua was Messiah. They said, if I'd ever talked to a Christian, I would have never accepted his Messiah because of the way they teach it. And he's got a lot of good points. And I'm not, I'm not striking out at the Christians, not at all, but the churches, and I'm getting to my point. My point is this, the synagogue of Satan, uh, or the, uh, there is a place at Pergamos, I believe is where it was at, there was a, a temple or a very large satanic worship place. It was taken to um, Germany. I don't remember what, was it Nuremberg? Or I, I don't know. I think it was Nuremberg uh, that they have, they t- had taken it apart and took it to Germany for them to set up as a satanic center. Uh, I don't know a lot about it because I haven't got into it. But as far as the ages, I could I could kind of see where that would play out that way. I've never I've never tested it. I've never got into to a study about it. But that's uh, interesting and really interesting for today. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, um, there was a. If you ever get a chance, look go into and look up the. Um, the temple, and I can't remember what it's called now off the top of my head, but, uh, and look at the Obama, um, whenever he's been, uh, is before he become president, there was a building behind them. And I, why in the world they pick a building that matched the synagogue of Satan or that the temple of Satan, the seat of Satan, I think is what it's actually called seat of Satan. And it matched the building behind him. I just thought, oh my gosh, why would they do that? So, and that's leading up to what your question was about the ages, the seven ages, seven churches. Possibly, I, I don't know, but certainly that there is. We all need to be looking and looking in, into anything that pertains to uh, the the return of the Messiah. I am just really firmly believe that we are in the final stages prior to Messiah coming. Whether you believe it's Yeshua, whether you believe it's some other guy that, I, right at this point, 
to me, the important thing is that we know that the Messiah is coming and we all need to be ready. Yeah. Um, yeah, I have looked in a little into that, what you're referring to with Obama. Um, but it's been, it's been a while since, you know, mm -hmm. he's been in office, I think probably. But, uh, so my next question is going to be on, uh, Daniel's 70th week. Mm -hmm. You know, you mentioned last time the, the first 483 being fulfilled. Um, so, um, how do you see that, that 70th week? Uh, playing out um let me well i can't turn on my let me pull up my computer um information i have got a timeline i think i told you about it did mm -hmm. i send a copy of it you haven't sent it to me yet but yeah you have told me about it yeah I'll, i will send it to you right after we get done today let me pull it up okay. daniel 70th week uh very it's very interesting it's very accurate and i think the uh, last time we talked we talked about it being uh 70 uh 70 weeks from um 483 490 it, it leaves out the last weeks which makes it 483 uh, whenever they, Daniel gives this prophecy of from the going forth of the commandment to restore and rebuild Jerusalem in, in channel nine, uh, channel nine and chapter nine of his, of his book. And I am going to go down to that. And we talked, I think the last time we, we were together, we talked about that, didn't we? About the, uh, why they, it all came about. I think it was mentioned, um, why they why they selected 490 years and why Daniel's 70 weeks were there? Because um, they didn't so, practice the Sabbath, and yeah, they, they were going to let the land rest. Um, right. Matter of fact, that's the Torah portion. You know what Torah portions are? Um, I don't think so. Torah portions every week uh, for centuries, a millennium probably, uh, certainly since the time of Yeshua, they they read certain portions of the Torah, which is the first five books of the Bible, for those that might not know in your group. And the Torah portion, I read it last night. And I usually wake up about three in the morning. I read it last night. And it was about, uh, you must let the land rest. If you don't let the land rest, all the things that happened to them uh, during the Babylonian um, exile, it was exactly what was happening. Uh, it's, it's bizarre that, uh, you know, that people don't recognize that, but the, the, the curses, the eating of the children, uh, their own children, the, uh, no water, no rain, all those things happen if you don't do the, what is right and proper. So anyway, um, that is part of the, I'll see if I can remember, I think it was Leviticus 25, 26, and 27 is the tour portion for this week. <clears throat> and talk about that very thing. Okay. Solomon's Cornerstone. Um, for the Daniel, I'll do a search on it. Maybe I can come up with it quicker. And what are your thoughts on are you, what are your thoughts on that particular seventieth week? Well, I, you know, I, I never really had strong um, opinions on it. You know, I, I sort of for the longest time really leaned on those those seventy weeks being fulfilled uh, with Christ, um, but now. Um, I'm not so sure. I never was, uh, like a hundred percent on that, mm -hmm. but I, you know, I think I had, I was reading something or listening to something recently. Um, and you know, they were talking about how that, that 70th week, um, as far as what Daniel was praying for, for his people never truly was, uh, fulfilled, Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, looking back at, 
um, what Daniel was praying for and then, you know, rebuilding with Herod, they, they never really were sovereign, uh, like a sovereign nation again. And so that's what kind of had me scratching my head a little bit thinking about um, that, that 70th week being unfulfilled. I think for the longest time, it just bothered me that there was like a, a, a gap between the 69th and 70th week. Um, uh-huh. The way you, the way it reads, um, it, it, there's there's the first seven, and there's the sixty-two after that. So the way it reads, there there actually is um, a natural uh, gap between the sixty-ninth and seventieth. So it doesn't quite bother me quite as much uh, as that used to. So I, I can I can definitely see um, that that 70th week still being yet to be fulfilled. Mm-hmm. And, and I see it a little differently than most of your uh, Christian scholars do. I see it as the 70 weeks. And again, it, they, they did fulfill the 70 years in, in Jeremiah. You know, the, the, uh, the dating is incredible. The accuracy of it is incredible. Whenever you look at whenever they Israel was taken captive at the time of Jeremiah, from the time of the first group going captive with the the king, I think it was Jehoiakim. Uh, they took him captive, and he only served a short short period of time, like I don't know, not even a year. And then he went into captivity. Well, if you go from that date <coughs> until the uh, the 70th year is complete mm-hmm. that is it's just crazy it's it's exactly 70 years from that time until the rebuilding of the second temple so you know what um would you like to see it what i got uh, i can pull it up on zoom but if you want to forego that we can do that no if you can uh if you can yeah, I, yeah, let me let me get the zoom open. Here is um, the prophecy. Let me see if I can read it for you. See, the prophecy pops up or the information pops up. Yeah, so you can read it yourself. Daniel 9. Uh, look, listen to what Daniel says. In the first year of Darius, the son of uh, whoever, and the seed of the Medes, which was made king over the realm of the Chaldeans, in this first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood by the books number of years whereof the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah the prophet. Well, that's important because when you read further, uh, what Daniel was doing he, is he was studying Jeremiah. He's yeah. there in the book, studying the books of Jeremiah when he came to this conclusion. Yeah. And people say, well, it was King Cyrus that, uh, you know, if you go backwards 483 years from the crucifixion, you will find King Cyrus. And that's baloney. It doesn't even come near him. But if you go back 483 years from the crucifixion, it lands on this guy right here, Jeremiah. See that? So I went from that date, 483 years, I went down. Now watch what happens when we go from the date of Jeremiah all the way down. And this still all pertains to your question. Mm-hmm. We're going down. Oops. Let me go back up. 483 years. Let's see if that's it. 480. Look where we come to right, right here. 483 years. This is where the destruction happens. You see that? Yeah. That's that's Herod's temple. But now let's look at let's look at the crucifixion. Here's the one we were just looking at. And let's see if I can get it to pop up so you can see it. Yeshua crucified. Yep. And let's go down. Look right there. 483 years, and Yeshua is crucified. See that? Yeah. It's exact. I mean, and and then again, let me show you again that uh, Yeshua just said, um, destroy this temple, I'll raise it up again in in, uh, three years. Well, he was referring to himself. And the destruction 
of the first temple to the destruction of the second temple was exactly 483 years. Hmm. Coincidence? Not hardly. Uh, hmm. Daniel's uh, four times Daniel's uh, 483 years. Four is the number of Messiah. I think we talked about that the last time. Uh, he, the Aleph and the Tav is the fourth word of the Torah. Uh, we could go on and on about the number four. He was from the fourth tribe, Judah, and he his. Let me show you his uh, year of his bar mitzvah. Look at this. You think? I mean, there's also you see like powers of four when we see forty with the forty years. Oh yeah. That they he wandered in the desert, and then there was four hundred years that they were enslaved in Egypt. Yes, and I'm telling you, it's all accurate. And here's the 4,000th year right here from Adam. And look, that's the year Yeshua's bar mitzvah. Oh, that's, wow. the year, that's the year that, um, remember, they were looking, his family was looking for him, and they couldn't find him. They had to go back after they got, you know, on their way back to uh, their home. And they went and found him. And he said, well, what did you think I was doing? I'm paraphrasing. What did you think I'd be doing? I'm up going about my father's business. It was in his bar during the time of his bar mitzvah. Wow. And I thought, oh my gosh, that makes so much sense. He's become a son of the commandments. And he's also, wow. you know, right here at the 4,000th year exactly. Now, the wow. 70 years, um, again, uh, that was all based on, <clears throat> on the Shemitah years. And he even says it in Leviticus. He said, you don't keep them. I will make you keep them. Yeah. They're really important to, to God. He wanted everybody to, to keep these things. So my point is this. These, these uh, prophecies are repetitive. This 483 year thing, it's repetitive. Yeah. 483 years uh, for the, uh, in between the temples, uh, the crucifixion, and so same with the 70 year thing. And whenever people tell me, well, that can't be right because I found it. And I said, no guys, listen, you very well could be right. It doesn't mean that, uh, that you're wrong just because I found something different. It's just that those years are repetitive. Um, let me give you another example. Uh, the birth of uh, Abraham, he was, he was born, he is the father of the nations. Wouldn't you say that? Because all of the all of the tribes came from him, Isaac, and then to Israel. Yeah, he was the father of the nations. Even the even the Muslims call him Father Abraham. Yeah. So, the year that he was born was in the year from Adam, nineteen forty-seven. What year was was the nation of Israel born again? Wow. Nineteen forty-seven. Wow. Let me give you another one. What at what temperature does gold melt? Because gold has to be purified. It it's at the temperature of uh, Fahrenheit, nineteen hundred and forty-seven. Hmm. Just really interesting. Now that could be a very big coincidence, actually, but uh, I found it very interesting. So yeah, sure. again, in answer to your question, I believe that this was a fulfillment of the prophecy, but there's still seven years missing. Yeah. Yeah. And I can't answer that unless it's the last seven years of, of during the tribulation period. What yeah. are your thoughts? I mean, that's, I think that's the, 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 the popular uh, teaching on that is that those seven years um, are going to be fulfilled uh, in, in the future in, in what's known as the tribulation period. And then the last half yeah. of that being the great tribulation um but uh but yeah you know what, what's taught often is that uh is that the antichrist um is you know because it says that he'll confirm a covenant with many and so you know a lot of prophecy teachers take that as a, a peace treaty between israel and the nations um do you have do you have an opinion on what you think this covenant with many is yeah, I do have a, I do have an opinion. Uh, the, the, there are several different names that the um, uh, that the Minute Qumran went by, and one of them just so happens to be the Mini. Uh, 
And hmm. if that's the truth, and, and if they existed well before the time of the exile, which they did before the years of Daniel, the, the Essenes were long before him. Uh, matter of fact, I'm, I'm sure that Daniel, uh, Ezekiel, Jeremiah, absolutely, uh, were all part of the, the guys at Qumran. And they were part of the many. So apparently, if I'm right, that would mean that there would be a covenant formed between the many. And you can see that all through the Dead Sea Scrolls, that they are called the many, they're called the way, they're called the sons of light, they're called um, the poor. The Ebionim, which uh, James, if you'll remember, was a member. Uh, can you see me now? Yeah, yeah, I went in and closed it out. Just... Okay. Uh, they're, they are called uh, the Banaim, the, um, the builders. So there's a probability that the covenant was established with them. And it actually was on the timeline. Uh, it shows that that there was a covenant that was established before the destruction of the second temple, Herod's, King Herod's temple, uh, that there was a covenant made. And it, at the right time for that to be, again, a repetitive prophecy. Again, it doesn't mean that everything was fulfilled because uh, like with Yeshua, he talks about, you know, the, um, the man of perdition or the uh, antichrist coming and he will do X number of things. Well, all those things in, in Daniel, were, they were fulfilled with Antiochus Epiphanes. And then Yeshua talks about it years later, and yeah. he talks about it happening again. Yeah. Well, exactly. it's going to happen again. I have no doubt about that. Yeah. So again, with the, with the 70 years, I think there's much more to it than a simple, you know, here's 70 years, here's what happens. They dropped it back a few years. If it doesn't fit for me, it doesn't fit. If it doesn't fit to the year, then I kind of, I, I throw it out, especially if it's my work, I'll throw it out. If it's gotta be exact or I'm not gonna use it. Yeah. So anyway, I will send you a copy of that if you'd like. I'll oh, send you sure. a copy of that yeah. timeline. And um, I encourage you, um, it's, there's a lot, <laughs> there's a lot there. And maybe some other time uh, we can just uh, privately sit online and I can show you how to use it and make yeah, it more sure. beneficial for you. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. It looks it looks fascinating. Um, all right, so this is kind of piggyback on on, on the Antichrist now. Um, there, there's rabbis today that have publicly said to those in Israel not to leave because the Messiah is going to be revealed soon that they're in, in communication with the messiah um and that uh they're just waiting to reveal this messiah uh now who do you think this figure is that they were referring to yeah who he is personally uh by name i, I absolutely couldn't tell you yeah. but i can tell you that <clears throat> there, there was i haven't heard of him Lately, a young man that was uh, uh, supposedly in Arad, which is the city that I stayed in when I was there uh, a lot, a little town actually, wasn't much of a city. But they said there was a young man that's being raised up for a position in the temple. Could that be true? Yeah, I think it very well could be true. But there's also a, another rumor going around about a rabbi that um, he is alive and well today and they called him by a certain name um referring to him as a messiah or something to that effect and it was not true uh, a buddy of mine in israel he is with the the uh, cry for zion ministries in israel it's a, uh, a christian type organization or a messianic type organization where they they keep the festivals and they all do all the biblical stuff that they believe in yeshua <clears throat> and uh, he was telling people that is not who this man is. And I'm sorry, I can't name his name. Um, gosh, it's on the tip of my tongue though. But anyway, you got to be careful about what people put on because again, what's happening is uh, Christians are taking some guy's word for all this stuff without actually providing the documentation. They, they gave the name, they showed the guy's picture when actually 
the young man was a, he's a Torah scholar deluxe, but his, his name was completely different from what they had posted the picture of. And it wasn't even his name. So you got to be very careful about that stuff. Uh, I encourage you to be watchful, be, be always looking. I encourage people to study prophecy and we're, we're almost commanded, you know, be watchful, be watching for him. And that's what he wants is his bride to be always watching, always looking for him to come back. So yeah. again, got to be careful. Yeah. So, hmm. so the reason why I ask is because in, in the gospels, Jesus said, and I've come in my father's name and you would not accept me. Uh, someone will come in their own name. You will accept them. So do you see the Antichrist being someone um, of Jewish descent that's, that's claiming to, to be the Messiah? No, I don't. I don't, I don't believe that would be happening at all for several reasons. One of them being um, the, the Jewish people, uh, they don't even believe that uh, a lot of them, most of them don't believe that Yeshua is Messiah and they're matching up with Christian theology is highly unlikely. I mean, there's always a possibility of something like that happening. Um, but <clears throat> I think it's more likely to be a Christian guy saying, um, you know, I'm the Messiah. And because if you read the scripture, it says, if you see uh, people saying, I am the Messiah, or saying, some people think it's referring to Yeshua. He says, if you see saying that I am the Messiah, then beware. Uh, is, was he saying, I am the Messiah, meaning Yeshua is the Messiah, or were they saying, hmm. I am anointed? You see, I am anointed. And you see that a lot, a lot in Christianity where, you know, you get these preachers saying up, standing up saying, I have the anointing. And, and, and what they're saying is I am a Messiah. I am an anointed one. Yeah. And that you see that all the time. Yeah. So you got to be careful of these guys. I am not a big trustworthy fan of, uh, or they're not, I don't believe they're trustworthy. Anytime they're begging you for money or wanting your money, you need to watch them. Yeah, for uh, sure. Yeah, gotta watch them, guys. Uh, they, I mean, people that have ministries um, do, you know, they do need money, I, and I, that's obvious. Um, but whenever they start, you know, saying sow that seed and and you get a hundredfold return, if you don't get a full hundredfold return, you need to donate more because you got to show that faith. You, I hate that. I loathe that kind of uh, ministry. Yeah, yeah. So anyway. I think it's more likely, personally, I think it's more likely that it's going to be a, 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 a Christian to fall into a messiah, messiah, messianic role because what was Hitler? Was he Jewish or was he Christian? Yeah, he was, he, he made some sort of claim to like Catholicism, didn't he? Yep, I mean, which he means he had, had his own religion um, in a sense. I don't think, you know, Catholicism would, would, would claim him, but but that was his, you know. Unless you're supported. Let's put it that way. They didn't, they didn't, con they condoned what he was doing to the Jewish people, and that was evil on the highest level. Yeah. Um, you got to be careful with, the, with those things. I'm not saying you. I mean, in general, people need to be careful with that. Yeah. But, uh, Still, I, I think it's more, more likely to be a Christian. And you know what? Uh, I will send you the timeline and I will send you a link to the friend of mine uh, or good acquaintance. He's not really what I consider a friend, uh, but he's, uh, he's got a teaching on about that. I think the very thing that you're talking about, the, uh, some Jewish, young Jewish man in Israel being referred to as a possible Messiah. And I'll send it to you and you can do what you would like to with that. He, he provides all the documentation and he, he does a good job. Hmm, cool. Yeah. I've never heard of that specifically. I, I just, um, I've seen some articles posted on Skywatch with there's rabbis quoting, um, you know, about them, about a Messiah. Um, so yeah. Oh, 
They do believe he's coming. Believe me, they do. Yeah. They believe he's on his way. And do they, will the Messiah be Jewish? Probable. Yes. Yeah. Highly probable. And uh, in my opinion, a hundred percent. Yeah. But, uh, because they, our Messiah is Jewish. So there yeah. you go. Yeah. Um, so I want to ask you about uh, Mystery Babylon. You have an opinion on that? Yeah, yeah, I do, but it's a, it's a weak one. Uh, I, I spent the last, you know, what, 14 years now working on this Copper Scroll project and everything related to it, and not so much on prophecy in that realm, uh, yeah. prophecy in all the, a lot of other realms that I do, but I think that Mystery Babylon could very well be like uh, America. Uh, yeah. I, I would hate for it to actually be true, but we have become a very perverted nation. Uh, but it's also part of the massive global perversion uh, that's, that's taking place. And I mean that in, in the sexual sense and in the, uh, uh, any other <laughs> perversion. Yeah. Perversion of our, our religious beliefs, perversion of what the Messiah is supposed to be. So it, there's a possibility that uh, America, because of the perversions that have taken place within our country, because our country is, and I think I told you last, last time we talked, that you know, if, if God doesn't punish America for what it's doing, then he's going to have to apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah because yeah. they did, they didn't do it near as bad as what we have. Yeah, they were just small cities, and this is entire nations getting involved in this. Yeah. Um, what about the uh, Gog and Magog war? Have you studied that at all? Yeah. Oh gosh, yeah, yeah. I have um, I see it from two different perspectives? Um, actually, three. The first perspective is that uh, and, and there is some credence to the to the teaching that Gog, there's a Gog war and then there's a Gog and Magog war at the end of the millennial kingdom. Right. Gosh, I hope not. I hope, not. I hope, <laughs> I hope that's not true. I would like to think that this this millennial kingdom that's coming and is what I, I think is probably even begun is that the second world war does a lot of the things, the colors that they talk about in, in the book of the Revelation and that sort of thing match up with a lot of the things that took place during World War II. Now, there's still a war, I believe, that's coming, but it's just really hard for me to fathom that, you know, that it could be even worse, and, I, and it, it certainly will be if it really does happen, than World War II. I mean, think about that. Six million Jews millions and millions of uh, uh, Americans and, and Germans. And, you know, it, it, not all the German people were, were responsible for that. So they lost a lot too. And I am certainly not standing in defense of Hitler. He was, a, he was certainly an antichrist figure, certainly an antichrist figure. So Gog and Magog, I think there's a possibility that and I, I, what I would like to think is that World War II was one of the Gog Magogs or the Gog and Magog War, mm -hmm. because flesh melted off the faces of the, of the people at uh, Hiroshima and Nagasaki. All those things happened during that time, or maybe it was a precursor of the bad one that's really coming soon. Mm -hmm. And I, that would be devastating to the entire world. Um, yeah. And then the one after the Millennial Kingdom. So. There you go. That's a that's the best I can do on that because it's really, it's again, it's one of those things that I just had a hard time wrapping my mind around and yeah. getting it. And I'm very chronological. I'm very, uh, uh, I'm not a perfectionist, but a, a guy that really I have to have things lined up, and that's why you see the timeline. Yeah, I, I got it all lined up for a particular reason so I could find which prophet worked with which king and vice versa. Yeah. And it worked out really well. So I, I hope that kind of gives you an answer. It was a beating around the bush a little bit, but uh, it's only other bush I know how to beat is around that one. Yeah. Yeah. So that kind of leads into my next question because uh, 
one teaching is that, you know, Messiah, ultimately Christ will be the one to uh, save Israel from this Gog and Magog war, which will ultimately be the event that will turn that nation towards towards Christ. Um, and so, you know, how do you see Israel and the church coming together? Do you see Israel accepting Christ after he returns, or do you feel like there's going to be something within the the, the reign of Antichrist that, that turns uh, the nations towards? Well, I, I think it's it's going to do both, and, and I'm going to explain that in just a second. But I think, yeah, I think the Antichrist, uh, the bad guy, if he's not already on earth, which I believe he is, uh, and I believe the two witnesses are probably alive and well right now and probably don't even know what their role is in, in the near future. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think this, the events are going to be what turns all of us, not just the Jews. People think that the Jews are, you know, they don't accept, they don't, again, I'm telling you, they don't accept Jesus, Yeshua, because of what the Christians have taught. Hmm. Had the Christians stayed out of it, uh, the Jewish people probably would have been, oh yeah, that makes all the sense in the world because look at the prophecies he fulfills and all the stuff in the Dead Sea Scrolls. That is straight from the heart of uh, the Jewish, um, from Daniel, from the time of the destructions, all of that information locks right in with that. And I think the Dead Sea Scrolls are going to play a very big role in the Jewish people recognizing Messiah. But here's the trick. Here's the really big issue is, will the Christians recognize their responsibilities to scripture? They, all you Christians will tell you, God has never made a mistake. He is, uh, you know, he is, uh, you know, continuous. He does not change. He does not, he's not a respecter of persons. However, they'll look you in the eye and tell you that the Old Testament is done away with. Jesus yeah. did away with it. no. No, he didn't do away with it. He came to fulfill and make it correct. Remember what I was telling you last time in the Dead Sea Scrolls, it talks about uh, a Messiah that would come, that all of their teachings would be intact until he comes and straightens things out. It's, um, I've kind of paraphrased that, but that's what it says. So the Christians have got to accept the fact that someday that they have to return to what is eternal. Unless God really, you know, he lied a bunch and he made up a bunch of baloney and all the things that he says about, I am the same forever, yesterday, today, and forever, then all these things that he's been teaching and wanting us to keep, and again, it's, it's, it's about us being the bride following the commandments, because I think I did, I tell you last week what happened at Mount Sinai, whenever the, whenever they got the 10 commandments, did I tell you about that? About it being a, that's a, that is a, uh, a part of a wedding ceremony. Hmm. Yeah. Maybe you hint at it, but I'm not sure you went into any detail. Well, let me tell you, because it's important to what we're talking about here. Mount Sinai, whenever they got the, uh, the 10 commandments, and they got a lot more than that, what happened was Moses went up to the mountain. He got the commandments. He came back down. And what it says is that he approached the people and he says, this is what God wants. Then uh, they all said, I, we hear and we will obey. Shema. We will shema. We will hear and we will obey. What they were doing is they were saying, I do to God because th that was the bride. All of Israel was the bride of God. And then he goes back up and he tells God, we up, they said they do this. And, and then it, then before he even got down to the people with the commandments, the 10 commandments, what happened? They are all committing adultery with another God. Idol, yeah. Yeah, they committed. So all of that, it's going to happen again. All the things that they did, if we're doing it right now, our nation is in the midst of committing adultery with, with idols. In, in, in my opinion, this may hurt your feelings, but here's the deal. What was one of the biggest gods that they worshiped? Baal. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. 
Baal. You yeah. know, have you heard about our nation worshiping the Baal? No. Yep. Every Friday and Saturday, they're out playing football, basketball, mm. uh, foot, uh, baseball. They are, and, and I'm telling you, we are committing adultery with a games, with games online. It's what people think. And did you know that our nation is leaving the churches in droves now? Luckily, during the time of uh, whether you like him or hate him, a lot of people started going back to church when Trump went, came into office. That was very interesting to me. But we are committing adultery. Anytime you take away from God, because of which, which has highest priority? Uh, if the Super Bowl was on Easter, which would they do? Would they celebrate Easter in the fashion, that, the way God told them to do it? Or would they be watching the, the Super Bowl? Let's be honest about this. The vast majority of the nation of America would be watching the Super Bowl. Fact. Now, think about that. And that hurts a lot of people's feelings. Now, I don't care. I'm getting too old to worry about that because we're getting at a very critical time in our history that we need to be turning to God completely. Leave all this other nonsense behind and start to repentance of return because repenting is like returning. Returning to what God had set up for us and established for us a long time ago. So, are we worshiping other gods? Yeah. Yeah, we are. God's in a very strange way. So, um, the, the I, you know what? I probably just completely left your question in the dirt, and I apologize. No, it's, it's okay. Uh, go ahead. Yeah, so it, it was... Um you know, how you see Israel and the church coming together, um, you know, and, and, and when, when Israel will, will, will turn to Christ. Uh, uh, I, th I think I you think. that. Um, and so let me, let me follow up on what you were saying about uh, Mount Sinai, because we see that's a really a type for what we saw at Pentecost. And is, exactly. it, is your opinion that Pentecost was fulfilled or do you see that more as a partial fulfillment and whenever Christ returns, that, that those fall feasts will be uh, fulfilled as well as Pentecost. As far as, as far as it being completed, no. They'll never, ever, because it's continuous. He says in Scripture, I will, these are forever. Yeah. So you see that for the spring feast as well, that they're not, they're not entirely fulfilled? Yeah. The spring feast, I think, I think that the spring feast are fulfilled as far as Yeshua is concerned. Yeah. And now with Pentecost, Pentecost was the last one that he fulfilled uh, completely. Now we've got Rosh Hashanah, uh, Yom Teruah, uh, I'm sorry, which are the same, uh, Yom Kippur. And then we've got, um, we've got uh, Tabernacles. That's coming. But tabernacles is, is where he'll be dwelling with us. Yeah. That, excuse me, will be the millennial kingdom when he's here with us. So yeah, they, um, but Pentecost, when, whenever that dove came down and it, it sat on his head or however it happened, hovered above him, it, regardless, it was the same thing that happened at Mount Sinai, the same thing that happened at, at Pentecost on, on the day, you know, that all the, in the upper room. And it's, it's all happened before. And, yeah. and with Mount Sinai, when it came down and hovered over the, all the people, that's, that's why the Pentecost, the biblical feasts are so important that I encourage people all across the world to study these things. And I promise you, you'll double your understanding of scriptures, uh, not just the New Testament, but the Old Testament as well. Yeah, yeah, because it's really all those feasts, we see that they're, they're cyclical. So I'm curious yes. to, you know, to look at that um, timeline. I know a lot of major events happen on those biblical holidays, um, Jewish holidays. But my next, uh, I guess this is my final question will be uh, about the millennium and in, in, in what you picture everyday life like um, once Christ returns uh, and that you know, millennial reign begins. Um, because from scripture, we just see um, 
more of a, a big picture. We know there's peace. Um, but, you know, my mind kind of goes to, you know, we, we do a lot of study about all the events leading up to the millennium, but then uh, my mind kind of goes to, you know, what, what will things really be like uh, day in and day out um, in the millennial reign? So I just want to know if you had any uh, thoughts on that. I, I do actually, I've, I've thought about that. And I believe that uh, Christianity won't be recognizable anymore. Um, all of the, what will be recognizable is, is, you know, that all of the feasts that you just talked about, the spring feast, the fall feast, they will take a pray. Christianity's um, um, Christmas is what I should have said. Christmas yeah. will no longer exist. Uh, Thanksgiving, maybe. Uh, and then uh, Easter certainly will not be exist anymore. Because that is that is a truly and I, and I don't mean this ugly because I used to do it and I didn't do it for the same for the reasons that it was established. Uh, it was a pagan festival where mm -hmm. they, would, they would take the children that were born born during the Christmas time frame, uh, infants, and they would offer them as, as sacrifices to uh, to Molech. Uh, I can't remember the other one. The big bronze animal that stood there holding the platter that they put these children in as they fried them in a pan. It was absolutely disgusting. And that's where you come up with the coloring of the eggs. They dipped it in the blood after they, they got the blood from those children and they colored the eggs red with it. So Easter will not exist. Um, Christmas won't exist. Um, it, we will go back to the holidays that God has established. Now, the people say, oh, my goodness, they're getting rid of Christmas. You must be the Grinch. No, <laughs> not the Grinch. I'm just the guy that's telling you that God's, God's plan is what we need to be on. God's plan, not some pagan things that, are, that have been made up and, and used. And, uh, and I say that with all respect to people that do those holidays. Um, because they don't, I think 99% of them don't realize that they're doing holidays that God told you not to be doing. Yeah. So yeah, I think it's going to be, that's going to change and we're going to be much more in harmony with the plans of God. And we're going to be much more in harmony with nature. We're going to be more respectful to nature, and uh, probably we'll be driving electric cars around. I mean, I can live with that, but I, I don't want to get rid of my Harleys. But if they say get rid of them because God said, then yeah, the Harleys got to go. Yeah, we're going to, it's going to be a big change, but it'll be a peaceful and a harmonic change where everybody's in harmony with one another. Do I think there's chances for bad things to happen? Yeah, I do. Otherwise, there wouldn't be laws to correct it. And if yeah. these people do this, then they have to be punished this way. So there is potential for problems, but I think uh, with, a, with a righteous king in place, we will have um, an, an amazing, amazing life. And have you ever been to, a question for you, have you ever been to a uh, Feast of Tabernacles? No, no, I never have. Oh my goodness. That is the most worshipful Messiah revealing holiday. Uh, we used to meet, hundreds of us used to gather at a lake and we'd have campfires going and everybody would be in their campers and in tabernacles and you name it. They'd have them out there and the most wonderful, absolutely wonderful times of Bible study. We'd stay up until early in the morning studying scripture and revealing information that we'd been receiving. And I'm not saying from God, I'm just that we'd, we'd come up with amazing information. And it was wonderful. I can't tell you people dancing, the Hebrew, Hebraic dancing with a, in a big circle, all, all the women in the middle dancing, all the men on the outside dancing, and just an amazing, wonderful time. I've never seen men so involved in, in, in like going to church. Because I, I went to church, I went to a Pentecostal church, forgive me, just like, and men did not get nearly as involved 
as a men that study and, and learn that God wants you to rejoice, especially during that time frame. Rejoicing hmm. was amazing. And I'm looking forward to that again. Looking forward to it in a big way. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Awesome. Okay, well, thanks again, uh, you know, for doing this, this part two. Um, those are the, the questions I had for you. Just kind of, like I said, they're all kind of tying together. Um, but if you want to close this out in prayer, uh, I think we'll conclude. I would love to. Thank you. Heavenly Father, I ask a true blessing upon this young man, upon his ministry, because he's eager to learn. He has a heart for learning. And Father, I ask that the audience that is with him, that, that listens to his teachings and, and to his guests, Father, I ask that you bless them because they too must be hungry for your word and for the clarifications of your word, as all of us are. And Father, I, I want to include and remind people that head knowledge is not where the, it's 15 hours. Where the true gifts are at. The true gifts are with a heart knowledge and a love for you, obedience to you, and con conforming ourselves to your ways. So Father, I thank you for this opportunity to be with this young man and to be able to share what I do know. And Father, I ask that everything that I've told these people is accurate. And as always, Father, I want you to stop me. If something that I don't, I'm, that I'm not accurate on, that I not put it out there. So Father, thank you again for all that you're doing. And I praise you and I praise your holy name. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Uh, all right. Thank you for that. Um, and once again, uh, thanks for, thanks for doing this. Uh, I, I appreciate it. Well, I, I greatly appreciate you inviting me on and, and I hope, I hope you got something out of it and looking forward to talking to you again. I'll send that stuff to you as soon as we get offline here. All right. Right on. Cool. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. All right. See you, Jim. Bye-bye. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Hope you enjoyed. Email me at the weirdchristianpodcast at gmail.com and we'll catch you on the next one.